Last week with the Pokemon Presents, I feel like I was a little bit negative. So let's talk about all the current mainline Pokemon games on the Nintendo Switch. Go through what I like and what I don't like about them and all of that fun stuff. But if you love Nintendo, you found your home. Come on in. G'day everybody and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 253 are open. Hope you're going well, hope you're having a fantastic day wherever and whenever you're checking out the show. Hope you're having better weather than we are here in the southeast of South Australia. We had beautiful spring days and now it's just gone to just absolute coldness and overcastness. My gosh. And uh, this weekend, we actually decided to go down the coast and uh, have a nice family getaway. But uh, won't be going down the beach. I think we're just going to be staying inside the house. And I actually don't mind staying, um, you know, just cozying up, you know, when you go away and, uh, you know, chill out and have some fun. Um, Especially, you know, us gamers. It's nice just to cozy up and play some games, but now with an 18-month-old, it's not quite the same. You can't just bring out the Switch and play that all day. And, um, you know, it's worth it. I love him. But um, it would be nice to uh, not have to <laughs> make him not smash plates and uh, things like that. He loves going through cupboards. And who could blame the little fella for, for, for like, going through cupboards? Um, golly gosh. But uh, it's also one of those things too, uh, it can't be that cold because I'm in a t-shirt and shorts for anybody that's watching on youtube.com slash idruby. And sometimes I get some side eyes from people saying, why are you wearing shorts, mate? It's that bloody cold. And you know what I say to them? I say, well, wouldn't it be a bloody shame if I was to cover up these hairy stems? Look, you'd, look what a shame. Who'd want to bloody cover up these bad boys? Um, but that's not true at all. Um, I'm just a little bit lazy. Shorts are that little bit easier to put on. So... I appreciate it. Shout out the shorts. So having a great week so far. I hope you are too. But uh, this week, I really haven't played many games. I've been trying to get back out of my gaming rut over the last couple of months. Last week went quite well. I played a, a couple of shorter games. I really enjoyed them. Some of my favorite games of the year, to be honest with you, even though they're only four, four, four hours and an hour and a half with uh, Planet of Lana and Vember. But this week, I really tried to jump into, um, um, what's it called? Stray Gods, uh, the musical RPG. And man, I, uh, I started it and uh, I fell asleep straight away. And that's, that's sort of nothing to do with the game, but just the time I was able to start it at nighttime, you know, I got into bed, I put the headphones on and I was really looking forward to jumping into it. An Australian made game from a team in uh, Melbourne. And, um, I started and got like halfway through the first song and, uh, time the I fell asleep. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't fall asleep like the classic dad where the, the switch just falls off the bed. You know, I, I said, oh, look, I'm too tired. And I put on pause. And um, that was sort of my gaming experience. But when I was thinking about what I'm going to talk about on the show, because I'm like, seriously, I haven't played much. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I have been playing something technically. Um, this week I've been going on a lot of walks and uh, been doing a lot more runs. And because of that, I've um, actually opened the Pokemon Go app on my phone a lot more because uh, on my iPhone with Apple Fitness, it automatically syncs over the Pokemon Go. So steps for eggs and just your weekly distance that you travel 
all gets synced up, which is which is really useful. I remember how you had to have the app open towards uh, you know in 2016, which is a uh, nuts. <laughs> so yeah, it's been um, it's been great getting back into Pokemon Go. I've been sour on it for a while. I've been sour on a lot of Pokemon products just in general. So it's been great to be back into Pokemon Go and. I'm not really doing too much. I'm just doing what I'm usually doing, running and walking, but just catching a few Pokemon and doing that too. But I ran into somebody that I've actually been meaning to catch up with more and I met them through Pokemon Go. Shout out to Brendan if he's listening to the show. But um, he mentioned that there's an event at the end of this month with, um, was it Diancy and Mega Diancy? And I, I only know about that because of the Pokemon Presents. So I guess the marketing cycle worked. So congratulations, Pokemon Company for the marketing cycle. So I probably will actually put some money down if uh, we work out a time to, you know, catch up and go around as a group. I'm actually looking forward to it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into Pokemon Go. It's been, it's been a while. I really enjoy it. And it's probably honestly one of my favorite games. It truly is a great game. It's just some frustrating just changes to like the prices and the microtransactions and things like that. I really can't see myself you know, spending money on it. Everything's just so expensive. Like if you want to do a remote raid, it's about two bucks to do it. I'm like, cross. And that's all I was doing was remote raids. And and now with, um, for those that don't play, they do raid hours, I think Wednesdays at six o'clock. I'm not going out at six o'clock, you know, now that I've, you know, I'm a dad. It's <laughs> not going to happen. Even, even a little bit. And those remote raids really helped uh, you know, especially during COVID, but just just in general. And now they're very expensive and you can't get them just through playing the game. So frustrating, but I'll just do some minimal collecting and, you know, some events here and there if uh, I've got some friends to catch up with. You know, it's more of a social event than anything else. And, you know, that's what Pokemon Go is all about. So, yeah, been enjoying that. But apart from that, that's what I've been, been playing. And, uh, you know, it's been great for helping me get back into running as well. But, you know... <sighs> With running, it's just that it's something that I really enjoy, but I just haven't done for a long time. It's hard to get back into that momentum. And, um, you know, I'm slowly getting back into, you know, the hobbies and things that I was doing pre-being a dad, you know, getting the podcast out a lot more and going running. I wouldn't mind start playing drums too. Start playing drums again. That's a little bit loud though. That might be a little bit harder than, uh, I don't know. I've got my drums back at the farm. Maybe I'll just go out there and play. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm just having to think here. Anyway, don't have to do the logistics on the podcast, but uh, yeah, Pokemon Go. It's uh, back on the rotation. Will it last long? Don't know. I think now that the the weather is, you know, we're getting into spring, we're approaching that. When that when that kicks in a little bit more and the weather's nice, yeah, we might we might go for walks in that a little bit more. The other day I went for like a 13K walk because Lucas was sick and all he wanted to do was go for a walk in his pram. All right, mate. So there's Drew out for uh, three hours doing uh, doing 13Ks instead of playing Stray Gods or Pikmin 4 or Illusion Island or Jedi Survivor or, oh, there's a lot of games in my backlog. Oh, baby. Atelier Rise of 3, that's a big one. But I'm out, I'm out walking my son. I'm out walking my son. Before we move on, let's jump into some housekeeping. This is where I just want to let you guys know how to support the show. You can go over to youtube.com slash where I have uh, the podcast episodes in full, including the sleepover episodes, 
This week's episode was with Alex Harding. He started his own business called the NDXP, where he helps small independent developers market their games locally here in Adelaide, South Australia. So um, big shout out to Alex. It was great having him on. I appreciate his time and I'd love you guys to go and show him some love, you know, for his business and everything like that. Go and check that episode out. It was a lot of fun. And I uh, got an episode coming out later this week, Friday as well. So be sure to check that out. We're doing clips of the House of Mario podcast over at youtube.com slash iDruby. And this is great if you just want to, um, you know, check out a little bit of the show. Don't have to sit down for the full hour or so. And um, yeah, it's going quite well. And I will say, if you have anyone that would be interested in the content I do, be sure to you know share it, whether it's the full podcast and podcast services or just clips um, on YouTube. It really does help. That is the best way we can grow on um, on the podcast services and YouTube. So yes, with your help, you'll help make this uh, this house a home and keep the emotional lights on in my heart. So thank you very much, and uh, let's uh, let's keep making an awesome Nintendo podcast. So my gaming challenge this week, like I just said, is very much in the dumps. Haven't made any progress on any games this week, and it's been a little bit of a shame. Apart from running around with my son playing Pokemon Go. But sometimes you just get weeks like that where, you know, everything doesn't work out. Son's been sick. I've been tired. You know, it all just meshes together to uh, make a non-gaming productive week, unfortunately. But I am really keen to get into the Stray Gods. Like I mentioned, it's a musical RPG. I haven't played it myself. And apart from hearing about it a couple of months ago, I'm really just keen. I was keen just to, like, listen to music and throughout the songs when they're playing, you're actually making decisions and those decisions can actually affect the song and the story itself. So I'm very keen to check that out. And I actually didn't know it was an Australian team that made it in uh, Melbourne. So very keen to, yeah, have a look, see what it's all about. Bought it. It's pretty expensive. It was like 45 bucks. So we'll see how the quality and the amount of time it takes to um, finish will take. But I think it'll be worth it. If, if I like the songs, if I don't like the songs, not sure, not sure. All right, the Guru Geek Out this week. This is a tribute to my late friend Bobby Pauls, the Nintendo Guru. And during the week, I finally watched Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Of course, I can't even remember the name of the first one. They're mixing together a little bit. But the brand new animated Spider-Man movie, um, it came out on Apple TV. So I bought it and watched it there. Watched it on my iPad at nighttime. Didn't fall asleep during it. So that's a plus. And I really enjoyed it. I loved the first movie. This movie was just, you know, I don't know if it was bigger and better. It was bigger. I don't know if it was better. Not sure, but I really liked it. Um, and it's a really, it's quite long, two, two and a half hours. And sitting down and, and watching it, especially towards the end, I'm like, I'm like, there's like 12 minutes left. And the story was like nowhere near done. So the story just finishes on a massive cliffhanger, which I was not ready for. And typically with superhero movies, you're sitting down and you're thinking to yourself, you know what's going to happen. You know, there's a setup, there's the middle, and then there's the end with the big fight and the, the dude dies. And uh, that's uh, that's what we're looking at when it comes to these movies. But this was different, man. There's a whole other sort of situation that popped up and I didn't know if there was going to be a sequel so soon. But now I'm just sort of itching for that next movie to come out to see where the story goes. So 
just a, a massive shout out to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. A really awesome movie. It looks and sounds beautiful. It's just a really heartwarming character. And I loved how there's so many Spider-Man references in there and there's way more than what I would understand. But there was a, a quick reference to like the Insomniac Spider-Man game on PlayStation 4 and uh, yeah, just multiple other ones. I haven't really read any Spider-Man comics, so I'm not that familiar with what's going on within the Spider-Verse, but really cool. Can't wait for the next one. Maybe if I knew there was such bigger cliffhanger, I might have hung on that little bit longer. Oh, I don't know if I would have, but uh, part of me is like, I just want the next movie to watch like the following week. So a little bit, <laughs> a little bit frustrated. And my shout out this week is to none other than the Hungry Gamers host, my good friend, Brendan White, for returning to the podcasting scene after a couple of weeks, well, a couple of months after um, his co-host, Ali White, not Ali White, <laughs> Ali Hart, <laughs> they're, not, they're not a couple, they're not married. Um, Ali Hart uh, left because uh, she's in America, she's doing um, bigger and better things um, with her life, I guess. Not bigger and better things, you can't get any bigger and better than the Hungry Gamers. But, um, you know, Brendan's uh, changed things up. He's had a couple of uh, couple of months off. He's brought the show back in a brand new format. Got rotating guests. With, uh, starting off with John O'Peck, which is really cool. It was great listening to the first episode back. Brendan's just got so much charisma and his personality is fantastic. And uh, having Jono back on a gaming podcast too. Really good hearing Jono again. He's taken a bit of a hiatus from podcasting since he's doing video game writing. Got a new bub. He's got two kids. Um, probably writing another book. I don't know. Jono seems to do everything. He's a, you know, Jono's a real inspiration as well, but big shout out to, to Brandon, man. Uh, Brandon's one of, um, one of the nicest people I've met while doing podcasting. Um, listeners of the show years ago, would know we joined the 8-Bit Collective. This was a group of podcasts. Brandon was trying to get together, make a network. And, you know, over time, you know, it, it didn't really work out mainly due to, you know, just it takes a lot of work to wrangle a bunch of nincompoops like myself and Bryce and Buddy Watson and all these people together. So, you know, that fell apart, but I feel like, you know, we're always, always linked in that way. And I've got a lot of respect for, for Brandon and uh, I hope the Hungry Gamers comes back bigger and stronger than ever. So anybody that's listening to this wants a gaming podcast to listen to. We have a bunch of heart, a bunch of humor, and a bunch of love. Go and check out the Hungry Gamers podcast and uh, have your appetite satisfied because, my God, I was stuffed after listening to the episode last week. Absolutely fantastic stuff. All right, let's move on to the main bit of the show this week. And we're getting through it very quickly. There's not a whole lot to talk about. But I want to bring some positivity when it comes to talking about Pokemon. And last week, man, look, I understand that, you know, the the Pokemon Presents wasn't what I wanted. And I wasn't expecting anything from it at all, to be honest with you. I'm just in a place where Pokemon's like, what are you doing, man? Please just... I feel like I'm not being respected. And I think in a lot of ways I'm not. But there is still a lot to love about Pokemon, you know, both old and new. So I thought this week I'd grab my handful of Nintendo Switch games, the mainline Pokemon games on Nintendo Switch, and go through them and sort of talk about, you know, what I like about them and, you know, I guess uh, what I don't like about some of them as well. But, um, you know, Pokemon on Switch, it's been interesting. I've had a lot of fun playing all of these titles on the Switch. Uh, I think some have had... You know, some great highlights 
and some others have had, you know, some some not as favorable favorable highlights. But that that is what it is, isn't it? I guess, you know, that's life. <laughs> Let's start off with Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu. Let's go Eevee. Got them both physical here. And they're actually, <laughs> they're actually both in their wrap. A bit of an ASMR for us all. Oh, that sounds, that sounds nice. Yes, they're both still in the wrap. I've got Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu digitally. And um, I went and bought Let's Go Eevee. Um, yeah, it, it went out of print a little bit here in Australia. It was just all I could find was Let's Go Pikachu. And I wanted to get um, Eevee just so I've got all the games. And I couldn't find it. And I eventually found it in Big W. You can tell by the sticker, um, which no one can see unless you're watching the YouTube version. But um, yeah, finally got that. And um, and now they're back in print uh, pretty regularly. So uh, didn't have to jump on that bandwagon. Could have waited for a sale. I think I bought it full price with 10 bucks off. But regardless, I guess Switch games don't go on sale that much. But um, these are the biggest detour Game Freak have taken on the Pokemon series, um, especially up to this point where, you know, it's still an RPG. It's still from Game Freak, but they completely changed the battle system and uh, everything that's done in the game to make it a more appealing, uh, I guess, experience for casual gamers, especially coming from Pokemon Go. Hence the name Pokemon Let's Go and the interactivity with the, the mobile app. But um, this was the first game to come to Switch, and I was really excited for these games. It was a retread. There was a lot of discussion about, you know, catching wild Pokemon with motion controls, uh, you know, a lot like Pokemon Go without the battle system. And also just battling trainers as well. There was nowhere near as much mechanic as, uh, as other Pokemon games. There was no abilities. There was no hold items. And uh, it was just the original 151 Pokemon in the game as well. So a lot sort of changed to make it more appealing to casual players. But even as a hardcore fan, it was fun to relive the experience of Pokemon Yellow. But have it in a different light. If you've played um, Let's Go Eevee, obviously you get a completely different Pokemon. I play Let's Go Pikachu because I'm a, I love Pikachu. Pikachu is like one of my favorite Pokemon. I know that's trite. I know that's boring. But um, it's just how it is. Nostalgia is a powerful tool. <laughs> but I loved going through these games. I love how they look too. They look vibrant, colorful, and they're probably like the, yeah, they are the, the best looking Pokemon games. I know that they're the most simple, so that's the most easiest to pull off with the region very much being like they were on the Game Boy version, but just really nice, uh, really nice aesthetic with every Pokemon following you. And um, just really, uh, really fun games. A great sort of romp to go back through Kanto and try games as well. But I play these games for like 90 hours, I think. So I put a lot of time on that. And that's because of the shiny hunting. The shiny hunting was a lot different in this game. How you could actually see Pokemon in the overworld for the first time. So there was different mechanics where you can get chains by catching a Pokemon a certain amount of times. And those chains up to the shiny chance within the games themselves. And I spent a lot of time doing this and you see like Pokemon pop up and it's shiny straight away. It's like the first game where shinies were visible in the overworld. Even to the point now where Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the shinies aren't visible in the overworld, which is frustrating. <laughs> It'd be fun if you could do it in that game too. But yeah, man, I spent just a lot of time shiny hunting and uh, having a great time in Kanto. So if anybody's looking for like a, just a real casual Pokemon experience or maybe experience for a child or someone who doesn't play games, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee is by far the experience I'd recommend the most, even all these years later. And 
I think it feels such a good spot that I really don't think we need sequels to Let's Go. Maybe on another console, yeah, fair enough, because it's, you know, it just updates with the brand new hardware and allows maybe another generation to, you know, get into the Pokemon Go and Let's Go scene. But as far as uh, Switch goes and uh, in the next couple of years, I feel like this just... This is the easy game to point casual players towards. We don't need a Pokemon Let's Go Johto that does the exact same thing, but in, in you know in Johto with different Pokemon. I feel like this is fine. It's fine for what it is. It's stripped back. It's casual, and um, it plays it plays great just for for what it is. Even for if you're a hardcore Pokemon fan, I think it was just a nice change um, from the the more casual Pokemon games. But it wasn't until the year later we got Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm dropping my games. Uh, we got Pokemon Sword and Shield. And these games, they got a lot of flack. And, you know, rightfully so in a lot of these aspects. And it was one of the most controversial lead-ups to a launch I've ever experienced in my whole life. I don't know what the hell was going on at uh, E3 2019. Junichi Masuda you know, basically said that uh, the Pokemon, the Pokedex, the Pokemon available in the games, they're going to be stripped back. You're not going to be able to catch or even obtain or send over all your Pokemon. It's going to be limited to 400 Pokemon at launch. And, you know, this was a, this was a concern for me. And it wasn't the same concern a lot of other people had. Um, I saw a lot of arguments being like, oh, look, what if you've, if you've like played with... Uh, Gengar, say, your whole life, and now you can't play with him. So like, just play with a different Pokemon, man. Have another team. It's fine. You know, try something else. Um, but why I had a bit of uh, a lot of concern for it was, was just the whole fact that Game Freak, you could see they were really pushing up against their limits when it was coming to making 3D games on a HD console um, basically every year. And you can see those constraints. And from a producer standpoint, I can see just uh, it's a very smart move. Like, all right, let's limit the Pokemon and we can put down the scale and we can still output on the same output we've done for the last few years on DS, which was, you know, not a 3D system. It was sort of 3D. Like Pokemon Heart Gold, Soul Silver are actually technically 3D, but they don't look 3D. But that doesn't really matter. This is like, you know, the Switch was a lot more to develop for. So you can see those um, those constraints sort of butt, you know, especially with Sword and Shield. Um, but for the most part, I, th- I think really positively about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Whenever I hear people talk about Pokemon, um, these games get slandered quite a lot. And I think why I really like these games is just they have fantastic atmosphere. And the game, the Galar region, is based upon the UK. So a very different sort of theme to the other Pokemon games. Well, I guess uh, Kalos is French. But, you know, you know, we've got European countries. Um, but in the UK, it just felt a lot different. And I'm, I'm a sucker just for um, the UK in general. I really like the atmosphere, whether it comes to sport or just the countryside. And this game really did capture all of that. I actually loved... Um, the Galar region and I would like to see it come back in some ways maybe in a bigger and grander way in the future but I loved all the new Pokemon introduced you know um, 
<laughs> oh, I forgot his name. He's one of my favorite Pokemon. Um, he was in the recent Pokemon Presents too. A- Applin. A- Applin. The apple, the little dragon worm thing that crawls into an apple to hide because it's, it's shy. I love that concept. I think it's awesome. It evolves into Appleton. Uh, just, it just evolves into an apple pie. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I love it so much. And the whole gym leader scene as well, where it's treated like uh, football, where it's got a league rotating gym leaders and you go into a stadium, there's a cheering crowd. I thought it was awesome. It was way better than uh, just the atmosphere of the gym leaders and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, in my opinion. And the DLC, the first time we got DLC for a Pokemon game as well. And I loved the DLC, you know, a brand new area to explore, a lot more open and more interesting than the wild area introduced in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, so there's a lot to love when it comes to Sword and Shield. Was it the big upgrade from 3DS games? No, it wasn't. You know, most of the game was played at the very same perspective, only the wild area being like 3D with a 3D camera. But uh, I already loved, you know, going through the Galar region and the Gym Leader Challenge. And uh, I enjoyed the characters too. I thought they were really great. I know they get a lot of flack too. But personally, I really enjoyed Sword and Shield. Um, but... I definitely see the, the problems that um, were with the game. But um, nothing compared to this. So I've talked a lot about these games. This is Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl from Nintendo DS that came out Japan in 2006. So a long time ago. And typically with the Pokemon remakes, we get absolutely fantastic remakes. Um, Pokemon Heart Gold, yeah, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, definitely standouts when it comes to remakes of the game. So we get brand new graphics. Um, that's just obvious when it comes to a remake. But the biggest thing is just the brand new mechanics from the current generation of Pokemon into um, the older generation. So Heart Gold, Soul Silver, we got two new, brand new generations of Pokemon introduced into uh, the Johto region as well as the Battle Frontier, a brand new um, Safari Zone, and a bunch of stuff. Um, like, they're, they're by far probably one of the strongest Pokemon games in the whole series. And when it comes to remakes, we kind of expect just the games to be just kicked up a notch. Um, even with um, Auras, um, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire remakes of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire on the Game Boy Advance, um, those were big step-ups as well. We got a basically a brand new story or remix of a story introduced with mega evolution new areas to go to heaps of brand new pokemon into the game um that were introduced in pre um prior generations after the initial game's launch so there's just a bunch of stuff just mechanically and new pokemon and graphics and everything that's going on but game freak with uh, these games took a really strange approach so these were outsourced to a company called ilka and those were the developers behind uh, Pokemon Home, the application on um, on your Switch and mobile. And these were like the first games that uh, Game Freak didn't handle within the mainline series. And uh, in some ways it shows a lot because all it, all it is pretty much is uh, Diamond and Pearl brought to 3D, which doesn't look that good. It don't, like personally for me, I don't think Brilliant Diamond Shiny Pearl looked that good at all. And it's not because I'm against the chibi art style, but it just looks, it just looks rushed. And when the game came out at launch, it's like the first game that needed this first Pokemon game that really needed a serious patch 
when it came out, which is just unacceptable for a game like this on this scale that it's a remake. Um, yeah, it really just was unacceptable. Even like the, it was a day one patch to put the cut, like the first cut scene, the opening cut scene into the game, which is like, what, why, why <laughs> was that not in just like the retail version? So if I put my 1.0 version of Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl into my Switch and don't update, it's missing a bunch of features, um, even the opening cutscene. So this is a point of contention that really frustrates me and people wanting the same quality of remake uh, with Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl that um, the other generations of Pokemon got because there's plenty of people that started playing on DS. DS is the biggest selling Nintendo console of all time and brilliant oh, and Diamond and Pearl are some of the biggest selling Pokemon games of all time because of that. So there's plenty of people that have massive nostalgia and love for these games. And even to the point where all of the um, improvements from Pokemon Platinum didn't make it into this game where Pokemon Platinum, even today is a, a better sort of example of a Sinnoh a Sinu game than, um, than these. So very frustrating games, but... The nicest thing I've got to say about them is I enjoyed playing through Diamond and Pearl when I was a kid. So having them now as an adult, they were still fun to play through. You know, it, I played about 40 hours of uh, Shining Pearl. I picked Pearl because that's the, the game I originally played when I, was, when I was a wee lad with my DS. And I enjoyed going through the game again, enjoyed hearing the music again and interacting with the same Pokemon again. And the only sort of, uh, I guess, difference... Um, noticeable difference about um, features is that they changed the underground. So you can go underground, there's different rooms that you can go into, catch a bunch of Pokemon. So only area in the games that actually have uh, Pokemon in the overworld so you can see what's going on and catch them that way, but you just run into them and initiate a normal Pokemon battle. So I had fun with them. They're fun Pokemon games, but they're certainly not what um, Pokemon fans would want from a Diamond and Pearl remake. Um, but if it wasn't for this next game, I would be a lot more heartbroken about it. But we sort of understood going into it that these were outsourced for a reason because there was another Pokemon game on the way. Um, so we could sort of go, oh yeah, play through that and go, oh yeah, whatever. Because there's a brand new game coming out, completely different to what we've seen from Game Freak or the Pokemon series. And um, a mainline Pokemon game called Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is a huge shakeup from other games in the Pokemon series where it's a third-person action game. You're actually going out into a semi-open world, split up into different areas, but you're actually able to throw Pokeballs, um, send your Pokemon into battle, run around, um, collect things, and uh, have uh, actual battles where you're interacting and running around the open world and uh, actually timing when you send out your Pokemon and being a lot more involved with the actual um, aspect of being a Pokemon trainer. So these games are based in the Sinnoh region hundreds of years before the events of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Um, and before then, it was called Husui. And I actually really loved the whole concept of revisiting an, an area, a region, but having it based in a completely different time to um, when you've previously explored it. So you could see like Mount Coronet, you could explore that, and a bunch of places that would eventually become towns and cities in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. So I really enjoyed the, the lore aspect of what's going on. Obviously, with Pokemon Legends Arceus, you find out the secrets of Arceus and some different forms of the previous legendaries. A bunch to love here. 
And it was really cool having just a completely different take on Pokemon where you can sneak up and throw Pokeballs, hit them in the back to have a better percentage of catching them, uh, sending your Pokemon into battle and actively being able to run around and uh, actually genuinely being scared of some Pokemon as well where they're coming to get you. Oh my God, just send your Pokemon in the battle so it can protect you. Just like you would in a in real life if there was a wild Pokemon attacking you. Oh my God, you're just like... Trying to get to your pockets. Where's my Pokeballs? Where's my Cypher? For goodness sake, Cypher, save me. This uh, Grumble's going to gobble me. So, yeah, I really love these games. I spent a lot of time going for story, exploring. Um, And another aspect as well, if you're really into Pokemon and you just want something to do, I think filling out the Pokedex was pretty cool too because you're making the very first Pokedex in the Hisui region. And you don't just catch the Pokemon, add them to your Pokedex. You're like basically researching. You're going and catching them multiple times. You're using multiple moves to just just research. Just doing the, each Pokemon has its own individual task uh, list that you go through. And once you complete them all, you got all the data for that Pokemon, and you complete that that Pokedex entry. So, um, really great game. I loved it. Um, you know, looking at the the graphics and um, how it performs. Uh, you know. Not great, and it's definitely got that Game Freak look to it. You know, Game Freak, Game Freak have established now that they have a look <laughs> to their Pokemon games on Switch, um, especially with uh, Legends Arceus and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. But I was able to ignore that. I was like, I'm playing a PS2 game, <laughs> essentially. That's what it looks like. No offense, but it does. Uh, but it's just so much fun. It was just so much fun to be in the world of Pokemon and explore and be involved in um, this gameplay. And I really do hope they revisit the Pokemon Legends series and make it its own thing as they're going throughout more games. Um, but I would like to see it, you know, stepped up a notch when it comes to just performance and uh, visual gameplay. But that's just a criticism I've got for the Pokemon series in general. But really nice to see um, Game Freak be able to stretch their legs in a different genre with Pokemon Legends Arceus. And it does make me think, I just thought of this just then, but with this being an action RPG, I wonder if it's uh, sort of inspired them to do their uh, their action uh, samurai game with Private Division. They're going out and doing a different uh, different take on a game in a completely different series, being published by someone else on every platform apart from Nintendo, I believe. So I'll be interested to see how, how that works out and see if there's any sort of similarities between the games and if that game can feed back into another Pokemon Legends game, that'd be really cool. Hopefully it does. Because, uh, yeah, absolutely great game. Really love that one. It's probably my favorite. Ooh. Yeah. It'll be up there with Pokemon um, Sword and Shield. I really like Sword and Shield. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Pokemon Legends Arceus. Oh, not Arceus. Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet. The more recent Pokemon games in the franchise. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoy these games. Um, I've got a lot of criticisms towards them and they frustrate to me to all hell. Straight off the bat, I know I'm trying to be positive here, but the way these games released and they still are, still no updates to their performance. I find it insulting as a Pokemon player and I feel so disrespected. Game Freak, get your shit together. What the fuck is going on? I don't care if you have to point it, put it out every year. Strip it back every two years whatever you've got to do have some more spin-offs from another developer i don't know what you have to do but you got to spend more time on the technical performance when it comes to this and it being on switch is no excuse no excuse the switch can play games okay 
<laughs> doesn't have to be the most beautiful thing in the world, but my God. Anyway, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the first truly open world Pokemon game where you can experience gym leaders and other story events in any order you like. And playing the game, I really enjoyed myself because with Pokemon, Sword, uh, Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon, my biggest criticism of that was I just want to go and explore, catch Pokemon. But in those games, it just they stopped and talked every single time you stepped a foot into a new town. And I was like, please be quiet. I do not care what you're talking about. You're just talking fluff. It's not even interesting. I'm sick of it. Um, but the, apart from that, those games were fun. Just, you know, the Pokemon formula of catching Pokemon, raising Pokemon, and taking on the next challenge. Where's these games? It's stripped that back. It's like, just go and explore, you know, discover new areas, new Pokemon, and have uh, have fun If um, in amongst all the technical glitches that are happening. <laughs> but when uh, all that stuff wasn't taking you out of the experience, it was just, it was awesome to be in the world of Pokemon and be like, Look into the distance, but what is that? <laughs> what is that apart from just blur? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I can't help it. Just uh, make fun of these games. It's so easy. God damn it, Game Freak. Make it less easy to make fun of your bloody Pokemon games. But going through and experiencing just uh, brand new Pokemon. So much fun. Like, what is that? You see like a little tiny little, <laughs> little animal. Like, what is that tiny thing or a big Pokemon off in the distance and... It was, uh, it was awesome. I loved being able to explore and just find things for myself as well as take on the gym leaders in different orders. I thought that was fun just for an ex- exploration point of view. I, I think they need to work out a way to hone in the difficulty level a little bit more. Uh, I know that um, them just sinking to your level doesn't really work sometimes, but... I was verse. I was versing Pokemon like twenty or more levels underneath me. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you go into a gym, you got no idea what level the Pokemon are going to be if you've just been exploring before before you actually go to the gyms. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I got am I in for a challenge or not? Then they got like level twenties. When I got level fifties, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I would like to see them scale a little bit more. I think that would be great if they scaled. Um, but sometimes that brings in some other issues as well. But I think I would love to see just some difficulty levels when it comes to that. Like maybe set all of the gyms to like level 80 with great AI. So you've got to explore and um, use your resources to get to that beforehand. Not quite sure. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's a family game and I'm not looking for a big challenge. Sometimes I just want to get home from work and just have my, my, uh, what do you call it? What's the saying? My comfort food. There we go. I wanted to say fast food. I'm like, yeah, it's not fast food. Maybe it is fast food. It's just... <laughs> I was going to say cheap and shit, but let's not be that main, the Pokemon. It's my comfort food when it comes to Pokemon. I uh, just enjoy playing it and um, having fun. So maybe I don't want that challenge necessarily. But when it comes to these games, the biggest highlight, I think, is just the creativity that goes into everything else the game does. The brand new Pokemon are great. I enjoy them all. You know, they're not all my favorite, but I... Um, I do like them. I had a lot of fun discovering them. Some really like blew me back with the design that they had and also how the story wraps up towards the end too. Um, it didn't quite m- maybe make up for some other aspects, but the story wraps up in a really shocking and dark way, which is interesting. And 
it might be the most interesting part of the DLC coming out where you're actually going back to explore Area Zero, which is, um, you know, deep underground part of the region to go back into. So, don't know. I am sort of tossing back and forth whether I'll go back and actually play the DLC coming out September. But since I talked last week, am I, am I really that excited for it? No, I'm not. But with it being, with Pokemon being my comfort food, maybe I need some comfort food to get out of my gaming rut. You know, I'm playing some smaller games, but maybe I just need some good old classic Pokemon to get back into. Some brand new Pokemon to explore and catch and just get get back into it that way. Not quite sure. But uh, I'll probably get get into it September anyway. But I've still got some Pokemon. I've still got some Nintendo games in the backlog just in general. So we've got a lot of uh, lot of comfort food and stuff to get to. Got Pikmin 4, which I have not booted up yet. But I'm keen to. But that's like that's my rough sort of thoughts on each Nintendo Switch Pokemon mainline game. I've had a lot of fun with them. I've ha- have a lot of frustrations with them. But I've definitely had my fun with each one. Even even uh, the the complete just darkest point of the series, which I believe is Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, it's at least got the benefit of being remakes of fun games from my childhood. So. Maybe not exactly how I wanted them, but looking at these games, I hope that if the if the quality picks up from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, where you know there's not a massive lag, there's not just stuff just spasming out, like the lighting and the textures are just going nuts, and people's arms and legs and eyes are just just going nuts. I think uh, I think we're in good hands for the most part, but Game Freak. Their biggest problem is just their production. Their production, they're, they're masters at it. They're absolutely masters at getting a game out each year, whether it's working with uh, other parties like Ilka or it is them splitting their resources amongst Pokemon Legends Arceus and Scarlet and Violet. And I dare say they've moved on to the next game even before those games came out. So they're absolute masters at their production and I've got nothing against uh, just their ability to get games out, but... There's, uh, there's no doubt that they need to just either hire up and and get more resources. They've certainly got the money to get the resources or they need to scale back because they, they, they are hurting their reputation, the Pokemon reputation. And nothing else around it really shows me quality either. Pokemon De- you know, Detective Pikachu, it looks like a rush job as well. It looks, you know, I'm sure the writing and the voice acting would be fun be a good story get a sequel to the game but yeah the the graphics man it's like it's it it needs to look better than that (laughs) it's not a it's not a very involved game either it's a point and click adventure why does it look like that and all the mobile games and everything going on so i'm not that impressed with uh, what pokemon is doing but personally for me i just want to see them you know take their time get their technical aspects in check get their engine going i don't know if, if they would benefit from upgrading or changing their engine they're still working on a modified version of what they had with pokemon um, sun and moon on 3ds um but it's not like game freak are the ones who are getting told what to do they have a third of the um, stake in the pokemon company so the pokemon company is made up by game freak nintendo and creatures inc so they've got a lot of say about what they do with their games they can say we're going to step it back a little bit but I really just don't see that, sh- that changing or improving. I don't understand how that will work because 
every time they put out a game, you know, like 14 million Pokemon Legends Arceus, about the same of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, over 20 million copies for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the fastest selling Nintendo game of all time. Um, absolutely crazy, crazy numbers. Every game comes out. So them saying like, oh, look, we won't put resources towards a Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, for example, but they'll all go into Scarlet and Violet. It's just, it doesn't make it, that is, there's like a billion dollars <laughs> on the table by them not doing that. And, um, I don't know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating from a, from a fan's perspective, but I did want to sort of talk about this on the show just so I can get my frustrations out, but I can also just talk about, you know, it's still a, spe- still a special series. Um, as much as you can see the money hats, as much as you can see, you know, how the, the sausage is made um, just by playing the games, alone doing some research into it, you can just see that they're rushed. But they're they're fun, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to get trying to look at the, the the positive sides of things. Pokemon Game Freak. Hope your DLC is good for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Hope so. Fingers crossed. All right, guys. Let's start wrapping up with Doug Bowser's hot takes. If you want to send in a hot take for me to defend here on this part of the show. You can send it into Drew at the House of Mario, as well as other feedback if you like about the show or questions or things like that. Didn't ask for questions this week. I I need to get back into that routine on Twitter and Discord to ask you guys for questions that I can implement throughout the show. But uh, this week's hot take is Switch cartridges taste good, actually. So let's try and defend that. So let's jump into this for a minute, saying Nintendo Switch cartridges... They actually taste pretty good. Back on the launch of Nintendo Switch in 2017, we got the first taste of a Nintendo Switch cartridge. And um, I was sat down with my good friend Bryce. We unboxed our copy of Breath of the Wild and was the first thing I did, put it into the Nintendo Switch, power it on and start my adventure in Hyrule. No, it wasn't. I put that bad boy on my tongue because I heard a lot of good stories about... <laughs> about the taste and uh, i tell you what i've got a got a nintendo switch cartridge here actually just been talking about pokemon pokemon scarlet how does pokemon scarlet taste i think it tastes good actually oh yeah that's great oh (laughs) yeah that tastes wonderful the bitterness tastes like a nice bitter candy so delicious so scrumptious I could eat it for days. I might actually put some into my carbonara later tonight. Delicious. Oh, oh that was disgusting, actually. <laughs> Doug Bowser, your hot takes are hot and shit. Hot and shit. Anyway, thank God for Powerade. So everybody, thank you very much for listening to this episode of The House of Mario, episode 253. You can reach me on YouTube and social media at iDruby. And let me know what you thought of the episode with the hashtag on the go. Yeah, I think I came up with that because I was talking about Pokemon Go. There you go. So with hashtag on the go, leave it on Twitter or in the YouTube comments. Let me know that you got to this point of the episode. But until next time, guys. The doors to the house of Mario, they're closed. Catch you later. The House of Mario, a Nintendo podcast, is recorded in the southeast of South Australia. 
It is produced by me, Drew Agnew, and is supported by my kind and generous housemates at patreon.com slash idrewy. Call in for my behind-the-scenes podcast, Secret Recordings, and Heaps Good, the South Aussie take on a conversational show with my good friend Josh of Nintendvania. A huge shout-out to the legends who support me at the iDruby Patreon Mega Feed tier or higher on Patreon, including Brendan Myers, Oliver Chaston, Samuel Hay, DJ, and Lemonade. Let's continue to make passionate Nintendo content as we climb the stairs to 300. Thank you.